0: This is Ritz Lescaflair, and you are listening to Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. Buy one ticket to the Loincloth Museum on Bargle Street today and get free entry for the whole year. Yes, you can visit the Loincloth Museum as often as you like and immerse yourself in the wonderful world of loincloths. Browse the many loincloth exhibits and marvel at the different shades and textures. It's a truly wonderful day out. A oh, warning... Do not touch the low they haven't been washed ever all the tabletop around playing use we i'm to muse we i'm to induce Morris is an official tabletop
1: up pg 1
0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is...
2: Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Players. Russ has a... Uh, it is truly an epic experience to be here.
0: So, a bit later in the show, we've got a guest joining us, that's Claudio Posas, uh, an artist... The
2: Claudio Posas,
0: not just the a artist. Claudio Posas.
2: Well, I, suppose I, might be one. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I only know of one, and that is an extremely excellent harvest.
0: i just, I just, I just grabbed the first Claudio Posas that I could see. I said, <laughs> we need uh, Claudia a Claudio can... Posas on this podcast. And then I looked around, I saw a Claudio Posas. and said, that Claudio Posas is a Claudio Posas we shall have on our podcast.
2: And how many Claudio Posases or Pozzas I, do you know? Uh, why? <laughs> well, it was fortunate indeed. If you'd known more than one, I, I dread to think what the results could have been.
0: Well, Claudio will be joining us a little later, but before we get to that, shall we jump into some RPG
2: news? Let's jump in like it was a nice, refreshing pool of RPG news in the hottest day of summer. Yeah.
0: So, uh, the biggest news, I guess, is that uh, Candlekeep Mysteries launched mm. this week.
2: Yes. Have you seen it? I have not. Well, well have I'm, I? I'm aware of it. I, haven't, I don't know action. any of the details. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Candlekeep Mysteries launched this week. Neither of us have
2: it, yeah. so...
1: But, no.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's a thing that exists, yeah. Fair play. Uh, 17 different mysteries, blah, blah, blah. Uh-oh, Three reader review. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Claudio was
0: one of the artists on Candlekeep Mysteries, so maybe he can talk a bit about that later when he joins yeah.
2: us. That sounds like a lovely idea. We when he joins hope. us later. Not yes. now,
0: because he's not here oh. now. But he'll be joining oh. us later, all right? Then, so oh. also in the news. So, yes. ICV two. You know they do their Ooh. quarterly uh, top five RPG charts.
2: Yes, yes. This is this is all about sales in North America, right? Yes, that's correct.
0: And they do it by interviewing retailers and distributors and manufacturers.
2: Yes. Right. Okay.
0: Yeah, not, me- not members of the public, no. So, they produced their quarterly charts, and we've got the latest ones. Guess what's Ooh. at number
2: one? Ooh, um... Is it the awfully cheerful engine? <laughs> 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 if only.
0: <laughs> that's fine. Okay, given that that's not even out yet, that would be very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, of course, Dungeons & Dragons.
2: Yeah, the fifth edition.
0: The 5th edition of Dungeons & Dragons, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No no surprise there. Second position, uh, again, no surprise, is Pathfinder.
2: Not 2nd edition, 1st edition. Uh,
0: just Pathfinder in general, it says, so it's, ah. not, it, it's not specific.
2: Right, right, so it's like... All I Pathfinder assume 2nd
0: edition, because 1st edition's not being sold in shops anymore.
2: Oh, really? Well, they stopped selling all their stuff.
0: Oh. Ah. Well, they're making 2nd edition now. It's like well, it Wizards of the sense. Coast isn't selling AD&D 2nd edition in
2: shops, is <laughs> it? Well, I think some they'd be selling off excess stock, but I suppose they didn't have that much excess. So golden mm. power and second is isn't it.
0: So number three yes. Cyberpunk from oh. Artusorium. Really? Yeah, number three Yeah. Oh. Presumably got a big boost from the video game.
2: Yeah, yes, and presumably all those people who didn't want a completely buggy experience. Oh no, sorry, I'm being mean. <laughs> so number four
0: yeah, yeah. is the alien RPG from Free League. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then finally, a number five, we've yeah. got Evil Hat Productions Fate who's cool. climbed back into the charts. It kind of pops up in there occasionally, once every few mm-hmm. years.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like the uh, the big five, I guess, mm. with a surprise alien entry. Mm. Uh, but what are these in terms of sales? Though? We don't know. No, okay. they don't. They don't, don't
0: give us figures. They, it's just they, they, literally just interview um, retailers <laughs> and go, "What are your top five selling games?" Oh, okay. and, and they just tell them what the top five are. So it's mm-hmm. it's kind of anecdotal. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not it's not actual numbers, but it's called
2: know. a qualitative rather than a quantitative yes, study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. They? yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It gives us a snapshot of the flavour of the month that they were taking the thing. But, but yeah, mm. not not entirely surprising, but pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, legendary games have had to mm-hmm. issue an apology.
2: Oh yes, and as they've well.
0: delisted Good. their entire Far East RPG product line. Mm-hmm. So, this week, it was either yesterday or the day before, very recently, mm-hmm. yeah. they uh, they released the Asian Spell Compendium,
2: the Ancient Spell the Compendium, Asian Spell, Asian Spell Compendium, Compendium. I see, I see. Yes. Okay.
0: Um, so, obviously. Uh, in America this week, uh, there has been a lot of violence directed towards Asian Americans, including a, a murder spree. Yes,
2: that's so right. we don't
0: really want to go into in detail here, but okay. it's you know the timing of this in particular is
2: it feels insensitive.
0: Yeah, so um, there was obviously a lot of pushback and a lot of criticism for this release. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they apologized removed mm-hmm. it from sale and not only that, they've also removed the entire Far East RPG product line from sale.
2: Yeah, yes. Um I, I think it would I think there may be some people who might have rather more to say about the contents of the books, but mm. not all of them were hugely modern or at yeah. I mean, the in, best it, times yeah. i've
0: right. not looked in these books at all so i couldn't comment on the contents of them but mm-hmm. it sound, from what other people are saying it sounds mm-hmm. like that's the case yeah
2: yeah so is that is that, that sounds like an unfortunate uh sort of thing which well i say unfortunate but really maybe it's like a re-examination hiring a cultural sensitivity consultant mm. uh, just people to say oh actually Maybe, maybe we shouldn't use this sort of language to describe things. Yeah. That sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, their also, apology was quite long.
2: Were they also the ones asking for people to provide proofreading services yeah, and yeah. feedback? Yes yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Awkward. So, yes.
0: um, yeah, their, their apology was quite long. And some of the reactions to the apology are actually fairly positive. Like, they say, oh, it it's a good apology, a solid apology, oh. and there's actual action being taken.
2: Oh, I'm so pleased to hear about that. Yes, I genuinely am pleased because you hear so often about like these, you get these like sort of non-apologies mm. which basically boil down to, well, I'm sorry, you feel that way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah.
2: I'm sorry we got caught. But if this is a decent one, which um, it sounds like it is, then I'm really pleased mm. that they're committing to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: they're like, taking action, I think, is the important thing.
2: Yeah. Because anyone
0: yeah. can apologise, but unless you actually back it up with action, it's just
2: worse, oh. isn't it? Yes, yes. Well, i glad to see that the RPG industry... Can learn, which is nice. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is good. Um, so, yeah. what, else oh. should we, what else should we look at in the news? Shall we look at Klingons?
2: Klingons? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Or would you rather look at Gen Con? Mm. Would you look at both of them? Which order would you like to look at
2: them in? Uh, do we have good news? Would you like the good news and the bad news? Because I, I think they moved Gen Con's date, as I understand it.
0: Yes, but they're going ahead with a live show. Mm. Nice which um, surprised me, but okay. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't catch me at a large convention this year, I don't think, but um, maybe Dragon Meat at yeah. the end of the year, maybe, if everyone's mm-hmm. vaccinated. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Gen Con is uh, being postponed until September the 16th to the 19th.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: They're doing the big live show, and they're oh, also doing an online version.
2: Did you say it's December or September? December. Uh, September September September
0: yeah -hmm. Yeah, it's it's about a month today I think yeah so September uh, so they're Mm -hmm. doing the big live event they're doing an online thing and they're doing a pop-up Gen Con which I'm not sure what that is I think that's where you have events at stores or Something. I'm not sure.
2: Okay. I'm, I mean, I for me, it just that up. I don't know. makes me imagine that there's some sort of like book on release where you open it up and then it's like, yo, a bomb. <laughs> yes, that a is bit. what it is. That is
0: <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So so they're doing that. I mean, UK Games Expo is still running from July the 30th to August the 1st, but it's going to be a smaller event because A, they've got limited um, convention space this year, mm. and B, the uh, Hilton Hotel. Yes which is usually a large part of the Expo, uh, is refurbishing this summer, so they haven't got access to that either.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. So it's
0: going to be a smaller event. But, um, yeah. and you know, my my company's not going to be at UK Games Expo this year, not in mm-hmm. not in July.
2: No, it seems very soon. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. 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 So,
0: yeah, so Gen Con is um is, is taking place, yeah, at, uh in September. Mm-hmm. And there's a, another little bit of slight controversy there because it mm. overlaps a mm. major Jewish
2: holiday. Uh, yes, today morning. Yes,
0: yeah. which I don't, I, I don't know whether it's a mistake or what, but um, you know, obviously, a lot of people are quite disappointed by that.
2: Well, indeed, indeed, yeah, it's a, it's, it's an unfortunate thing, and yeah, I, I guess it's like they're trying their best, but they didn't really. Uh, look a bit beyond Google calendars.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Who knows what went on there? Maybe they, maybe they did see it was there and just said, look. You know, we're going to have to accept the fact that it's overlapping mm. now. But that's the that's the week we we can do it. Yes. Or, or what? Yeah. You know, uh, I it, who knows? It's who hard. Knows? It's hard. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It might be, it might have been the only week they could get the convention space, for example, or it right. could be anything. Yeah, it could
2: be anything. Yeah. It's, right? I
0: don't know. It's a... But it is it is super unfortunate. Yeah. 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 But I'll just see what, what other news there was. What did I? What was the other piece I mentioned?
2: Uh, you mentioned Gen Klingons and Klingons, yeah. Talk to you about Klingons.
0: So, for Star Trek Adventures from Modifius, mm. there's a new quick start boxed set mm. centered around Klingons, really, which sounds pretty cool. It um, does. it also includes like a, a, an introductory adventure called the Tip of the Batlass, yeah. <laughs> and there's <laughs> and there's six pre-generated Klingon player characters.
2: Right. Okay. Introduction eventual pre-generated characters with a really strong Klingon theme.
0: Yeah. Um, it's not a box set. I don't know why I said it's box set. Oh. I just I just that's because I just uh, instead of looking through RPG News, I jumped over to uh, Daryl's column to find it quicker. And it's mm. a box set. But no, it's um it's a PDF. It's a PDF. Oh it's a thirty-seven page PDF.
2: Yeah, these Um And how much is that retailing for?
0: Uh, oh well, I don't know. You might not be able to afford this one, Peter. You might have to save up for this um, one.
2: It is ooh, okay. selling
0: for the grand total. Of, yes, are you ready? Yes.
2: yes. Zero dollars. Ah, free. That is a hard price to <laughs> It is.
0: <laughs> it is. So you can download that for free. The Star Trek Adventures Klingon
2: Quick Start, thirty-seven pages. That that is a lot of effort got into that yeah nice. Mm-hmm. nice I like it yeah yeah um, I, I mean it will be all blood wine Klingon opera and shouting "Kapla!" at people um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that certainly it would be a chat drop if I was running it but what can yeah. I say I'm, I'm a basic person who enjoys the basics of Klingon which is blood <laughs> wine Klingon opera and shouting "Kapla!" at people yeah
3: <laughs> yes. ah. ah, hello
0: we have a Claudio.
3: Yes. Hey, Hi, Russ.
0: Yeah, how are you? Um, I'm good. I think the last time I saw you was Gen Con, Ooh. what, five years ago? Uh, it was Gen
3: Con, uh, it was the time you went with Sharon. It was. No, I think it was one after what, that.
0: What it was, year is it? It was one with my brother, okay. I think, wasn't it?
3: Oh, yes, right. That one. Right. So, uh, was it the year that uh, 5e came out?
2: I can't remember. Maybe. Maybe 14? 14? That's yeah. seven years ago. Ooh, no, it can't be that long. Well, I mean, I met you in <laughs> 2017. I'm pretty
0: sure Facebook will let us know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it can't be seven years ago. Man, that's such a long time. Right, okay, let's finish the news quickly. Right then. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons video game Dark Alliance. Oh. So, you remember last year when they announced that there were going to be seven? D&D video games in total, wow. and, si- and yeah. since then we've had Baldur's Gate...
2: Celeste. Yep. Celesta...
0: Uh, no, well, From Wizard of the Coast, I mean, so seven oh. official ones. Right, okay. So I don't know what all of the seven are, but this yeah. is one of them. So this is uh, Dark Alliance, yeah. it's a real action-y type, button-smashing, choppy-choppy mm. type of game that I will never ever play, Okay. But uh, and it's a console game. Which also guarantees that I won't play it because every time I turn my every time I turn my PlayStation on, I do it so infrequently that it has to update itself yes. for forty five minutes before I can use it. So I never actually get to use
2: the PlayStation. Yes, it's quite kind of unfortunate. Much mm. <laughs> like having a PC, and it
3: and, and it ha- it has drizz in the game. It has it has a
0: drizz. Yeah, apparently it has a yeah. drizz, and it has has drizz friends and. Uh, mm. That's kind of all I know about it, really. It looks very action-y and jumpy and choppy and shooty. And...
3: When they say it's it's set in a and d world, they mm. probably mean it's Forgotten Realms. Yeah, it's, it's always been uh, Dale. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's yeah, definitely Forgotten Realms.
3: So, realm. Drizzt is probably not the only famous NPC we're going to see there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, there's the whole of his party. So there's Brunner and... Um, I can't Wolfgar. Catebris. Wolfgar, Catebris, yeah. yeah. So all true. of those are in it. They're probably
3: going to add in Jarlaxx too because Jarlaxx is in Waters of Waterdeep, so mm. yeah, his profile and is he's,
0: on the rise. Right. He's pretty popular as well isn't isn't me.
2: Mm. Uh, yeah. You don't think? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've heard of him in respect, in respect to Dragon Waterdeep Dragon Heist, but mm. that's about it.
3: Yeah, there's also uh, maybe they'll put in uh, Faraday, which is the iconic Tiefling Warlock. I don't know who knows
0: mm. who's that.
3: She she was the main character in the Brimstone Angels novels from Wizard. Who oh. was created by by Erin Evans and she is also one of the playable characters in Warriors of Waterdeep.
0: Oh, I see. Maybe maybe.
3: When you go when you look in the in the in the Tiefling chapter of the Player's Handbook, yeah. the painting you see of a Tiefling, that's
0: Paradax. Oh, I see. Well, I just learned a thing.
2: Yes. Yep,
0: I now know. I, know I now, I now know day. more about D and D than I did five minutes ago. This is it's this true. is a good podcast.
2: Hey, I proclaim this on.
0: podcast a success.
2: Woo! Sounds oh, oh, good.
0: Yeah, no uh, wins. That's about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so also we've got uh, a Pathfinder Second Edition Combat Tracker.
2: Oh,
3: okay. Yes, from uh, I think it's Digital Dragon, the company. Okay, it's uh, BJ Hansley. Uh, company. Yeah. He started a, a company to handle that. Oh really? Right. Oh yeah. Uh, it, so I say
0: looks- yeah. So Digital Dragon Studios and Playground Adventures. So BJ Hensley's uh, company. Mm. And so this is if you use the Pathfinder Combat Pads for tracking initiative. You know those magnetic ones. Yes. Yes. I've used those yes. before, and I, oh. I really like those. I love those. Mm. They're really really useful. So this is kind of like a uh, electronic version of that. So you can get it on mm. iOS and you can get it on. Um, Uh, The other one Google, Android, yes. I know
2: what I mean, that thing. I believe there was also talk of Savage Worlds coming with the Adventure Edition to Roll20. There
0: was,
2: there was.
0: So, yeah, Roll20 has added Savage Worlds Adventure Edition to the marketplace. Mm. yes. Which Um, surprises me, because I would have thought that was already there. So I've literally only learned two things at the same time. I a-learned that it wasn't already there, and I've also learned that it now is. Uh, Well, you're learning a lot. I am Uh, learning a lot today. This is one educational podcast for me.
2: We we, we should charge for this education. Um.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you can't charge me for it because I told you about it just now.
2: I read it off the screen to you. I'm afraid listener Lee Donovan will be told me about this. (laughs) I suppose it is more exciting because it means that the Adventure Edition is available to a wider group of people. I was less personally excited about it. Mm. because i have the book i've been running a savage Worlds game involving a lot of dwarves delving in the deep because you know that's what dwarves are for delving and not wisely either
0: um, yeah. there's balrogs well, down there if you're
2: not careful oh yeah don't we get you, don't, you delve
0: too deep you find a balrog that's the
2: rule um yeah so like it's good to have the rules in but they already have a perfectly good uh character sheet which is like 90% of what you need, they let you deal cards to turn the elements for initiative tracking. Yeah, I mean Roll20 Savage Worlds actually works really well. I've been really enjoying running it.
3: Mm. I've been getting a lot of Roll20 ads on YouTube. Really, They oh. seem to have ramped up their marketing
0: budget. Oh, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting because um, I, I like the fact that there's a whole load of alternatives to Roll20 now. Mm. And that, because I always like it when there's competition, because that just makes everybody better. It's just better for customers, it's better for the companies, it's better for everybody. Right. Anyway, can we quickly do the last couple of bits of news? Oh, uh, yeah. The last two bits were just a bit of news about my own stuff, actually. Just very, very oh, yeah, quickly. Okay. Uh, so one was level up. The mm-hmm. Bard playtest went out yes. last week, and so did the yes. survey, and that yes. is scored really that of all the all the classes so far. Like hmm. right. Fighter and Berserker were the two highest scoring so far. The bard mm-hmm. is now the highest scoring class. class on the survey. People yes. really seem to like it, which is nice. Well that's
2: it's very good. Well that's good to
0: You hear. know what? There's a there's a, a
3: huge board following on Twitter mm-hmm. that uh you could possibly contact and get their them to, you know, voice their opinions on.
0: Yeah, they're on. They're, yeah. Well, we ho- hopefully, hopefully they're, uh, they're, all, they're all desperate fans of Level Up <laughs> and are following on with every, every, every last detail. Like, everybody is. Of course like, they are.
2: Like, because like, uh, Level Up has a warlord class, so that takes away the need for the bar to be a bit more generic. I can actually really focus on the bar it has an artist and warrior, and that's sort of the mix of the two. And, like, the things that been come up with are really really, really strong and really reinforce that flavor and theme very, very nicely. Oh, I, I really like it.
0: Yeah. And so the other bit of news I've got is the Awfully Cheerful engine oh, yeah, now has yes. a yep. foreword by Sandy Peterson.
2: Yes. Yes. Sandy Yay. Peterson is one of the co-authors
0: of the Ghostbusters RPG back in the 1980s. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So the Ghostbusters RPG was one of the biggest influences on the Awfully Cheerful engine.
1: Mm -hmm. So I was really,
0: really super happy when Sandy Peterson agreed to write a foreword for it. Yeah. And the foreword is already on the website as well, so people can read it now. I'll put it up there. that's
1: fantastic.
0: And obviously it'll be in the front of the book, but it's up there. And the foreword is awesome. It's basically, I don't know, you've got to read it. It's just insane and weird. and (laughs) Just (laughs) exactly what you would expect from one of the co-authors of the Ghostbusters RPG. It's just Uh, um, just this rambling tale. Who you're going to call
3: the answer it's, it's just this rambling <laughs> tale
0: about how he failed to uh, failed to write a foreword because uh, because he's <laughs> he ended up getting arrested and thrown in prison <laughs> and escaping but,
1: but, and to write foreword.
3: It's not a foreword. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is awesome. That's very meta. It is awesome. Anyway, that, that is that is it for the news. I think.
1: It's time to play our favourite game, it's time to play
0: the game Our favourite game in all the world, guess the Kickstarter from just the name Right, shall we, uh, shall we play our favourite game in all the world? The game where I read up the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Sure.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's a, it is more fun than it sounds, although we just had the rules recap as well. And uh, it's a chance to be creative and to say, well, yeah, this is the name of it. What could this product possibly be? And the reason I quite like this game, Claudio, is because either you come up with something that's better than the name or better than the product that you guessed it is, in which case, like, you know, you've, you're thinking, yeah, I've done something really good here.
3: I'm going to kickstart there.
2: Or, or <laughs> that product is better than the best thing you could possibly think of. Which yeah, that's pretty sweet as that's well. A, yeah,
3: that's that's a nice sentiment. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's a win. I'll, it's I'll, a win-win. I'll, tr- I'll trust your judgment. Oh, you.
0: Very <laughs> All, All right. right, who would like sure. to go first?
2: Uh, I, I'll go. I'll go first. Um, okay. Um, yeah, you know, this is a method to play not necessarily the way to play it. But yeah, <laughs> right. feel free to make your own evaluation. Are you okay. ready, then, Peter? Oh, hell yeah, hit me. Woo-hoo. Are you on the starting blocks? Or are you? Have you adopted the position? Yes, yeah, so I've got the position <laughs> of sitting in my chair <laughs> and gazing slack jaw at the ceiling. Uh, okay, so <laughs> the first one is called yes. Barrow
0: Maze, Dwarrow Deep.
2: This is going to be an expensive episode, I can tell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so because, it's Barrow Maze, colon, Dwarrow Deep, and um, just in case I'll spell Dwarrow <laughs> Deep, D-W-A-R-R-O-W-D-E-P.
2: Dwarrow Deep. Barrow Maze Dwarrow Deep. Well, I'm not specifically aware of this Kickstarter but as far as I am aware Barrow Maze is the name of this absolutely absurdly large mega dungeon that is very big on the OSR scene. So this sounds like it is an expansion for an already extensive and very large mega dungeon which will be themed entirely around uh, dwarves being dwarves in the deep. Mm. Uh, The Eponymous Dwarrow so it'll be either system neutral or some sort of bx gubbins and yeah i'm expecting deep dark underground delvings i think the original barrow maze had slightly more above ground but it's been a while since i looked at it but yeah no, that sounds that sounds super expensive and like i'm gonna have to spend the money how are we doing pretty spot on Woo-hoo. i will give you seven thousand
0: two hundred and twenty-one points for that yeah. Carefully calculated that that point total seven thousand two hundred and twenty-one points.
2: It's all it's all done according to a spreadsheet. It's completely
0: <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> all um, according <laughs> to the spreadsheet. Yeah, so it's basically Moria. Yes, kind of. So it's not. Right. It's a, a new mega dungeon in itself. So, oh, uh, okay. uh, so exception. it's kind right. of like there's a series of mega dungeon adventure series of mega dungeon dungeons, and this is the fourth. of them. Right. uh So, oh uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's for D and D fifth edition and labyrinth lord.
2: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: Great big dwarven underground stronghold. It's like 250 to 300 pages with like 500 to 600 encounter locations. It's a big, big, big thing. Proper Uh, mega dungeon.
2: It's putting the mega back into mega dungeon. I mean, print that out, use it as a melee weapon in the case of zombie apocalypse. Yeah. A dual function rulebook. Nice. Yeah.
0: So basically it's like there's this dwarven underground stronghold and it was lost to the uh, Durgar. Mm
2: Mm-mm. The dark mm. dwarves,
0: yeah, the dark dwarves, the deep dwarves, yeah,
2: yes, yeah. yeah. So yeah,
0: seven so thousand two hundred twenty-one uh, Srd.
3: How hmm? to say What? Sorry, are the dwarger in the Srd? I think S3? they are in it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, they
2: are. Dwarger might be, but Dwaru is a name that means the same thing.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. But it? uh, it's just that uh oh. yeah. when we were working with uh, Fire Dragon, we had to come up with our own names for a few of the creatures that were not in
0: that. Yes, well, oh, yeah, 30. I think it is. I'm not 100% sure, but they're definitely using the word here yeah. on the Kickstarter page. That that I, that I know for sure. I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. I'm sure Answerf mm-hmm. Neblin I think, is also in the SRD.
2: Yeah, are in the fifth edition SRD. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Right, okay, my turn. Your turn.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> are you ready? Hit me. All right, Ooh. then. I'm to find the hardest one.
3: He's going to find me a Kickstarter for some automated doable. <laughs> Ooh,
0: okay. Ooh. Come on, come on. Sorry, I'm just scrolling through. So, okay. Law of Ethera, the Lost Druid. And I'll spell Ethera for you, because I may have pronounced it wrong. R.
3: That sounds like a Kickstarter for a fancy statue
0: miniature thing. A fancy statue miniature?
3: Yeah, statue miniature or something like that. That's a good
0: guess. It's focused
3: on one character.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm just looking at this. So it's not that. It is a 5e adventure. A 5e adventure. I'm just looking at some of the art at the moment mm. on this Kickstarter. And yeah, uh, I think, can you, can you call it up, Claudio? You're an artist. But there's some lovely, lovely art with this one.
2: Oh, yes. It's uh,
0: uh, okay. quite stylized.
2: Um, 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 oh, wow. Beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Mm.
0: I especially love that Eiden City of Fano or Fano uh, piece there. That's yes. gorgeous, isn't it?
2: It's a beautiful, yeah. like, landscape. It's a big city with lighthouses mm. um, set in the middle of a lake surrounded by what looks like mountains and maybe some sort of yeah. retaining wall or dam. So this is yeah. kind
0: of like the first instalment in a new series of adventures, and a science fantasy adventures for D&D 5th edition. Mm. Uh, they They include all this gorgeous art. They also, if you scroll down, they also include music, wow. which is uh, quite exciting. Mm. uh various digital assets a collector's edition hardcover i love that the original soundtrack on vinyl <laughs> which is very very cool vinyl. yeah that's
3: that niche it that niche. is cuz yes. i i
0: literally wouldn't be able to play uh <laughs> a vinyl record <laughs> i <just> don't, <laughs> don't I, I couldn't even play a cd now i don't it's, have anything it, to you read. know i the, the art is great mm. I, I
3: love the art but mm. the interior art it's very much like usual D style mm. uh, imaginative yeah. realism that we mm. see on Wizards products. Yeah. Mm. yeah, but I like the cover. Yes, best. yes, I, I like the because cover too. It's, it's so it's so unique. It's striking, I don't know why they it? didn't follow that that art style for the mm. whole thing. It's a
1: mm. gorgeous cover. It, I like it. Yeah, it's the
3: the cover is it's uh for those who aren't seeing it. Yeah, on this on
2: this po- on this on this visual
0: podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, it, I, I know it, what you mean it's really distinctive isn't it it's like it feels it, like a cartoon but like a, it's the angles it's, it's i feel
3: stylized, it's angular it, mm. it uses a lot of uh bright blues and Ooh. bright greens uh, mm. to create contrast with dark navy colors mm. for the silhouettes of it's always the silhouette of two characters and mm. inside them, it's the image of someone falling through a, a bluish... That's like
2: sinking in lake. Yeah,
3: mm. yeah like they're mm. sinking, sinking in water. Mm. And the background of the cover is always this light beige mm. of white color that creates mm. a really cool uh, contrast. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. why they didn't follow that on everything else because the, the rest of the, of the artwork, which is excellent, yeah, no, don't don't get me wrong. But it's a different uh, style. artwork. That yeah. I would I would love to have yes. done those pieces. They are really mm-hmm. gorgeous,
1: mm-hmm. but
3: they are so distinct from the cover. Yes, that uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, it, I don't know which came first. If it was the interior artwork yeah. or the cover.
2: Yeah, it's, it's like almost. I would feel even though, as you say, they are actually properly gorgeous pieces. They because. You know, it does vary a lot, but those are properly gorgeous pieces. It, I would still, but this cover is so strong. It sort of reminds me of the art of Invisible Ink, which is like a computer game where again, it's got that sort of very stylized angular look, Uh, but in sort of like the monochrome bits of black and white, it's sort of like really dark blues and greens palette. Mm. I'd almost feel disappointed opening the book to discover that the rest is so like, oh, again, Extremely high end, but almost regular, if that makes sense. Does that that Uh, make sense?
3: Just a a quick Mm. shout out to Stu Harrington, the art director Mm. for this project, Mm. because the art is really top notch. Yes. Just that I was so captivated by the Mm. cover Mm.
0: that I wish to see more of that.
3: Mm.
2: Oh, yeah. I I agree.
0: I mean it's it's kind of hard to say that without criticising the art inside because you can't criticise the art inside because it's awesome and it's amazing it's It's just that it's it's a different style and that cover is so striking
2: yeah it's got that sort of fantasy sort of vaguely soft focus look to it which I I do find very appealing Mm. Um, it looks it looks luscious it looks like the sort of thing that you see in a very high-end computer game with like the very best graphics all switched up to the top but that but the front cover, whilst not being that really, I don't know, it's got, it it's got something science fantasy adventures. Yeah, no, i yeah. this 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 is exciting.
0: Okay. Anyway, it is now your turn, Peter, for the oh, most. Yes. I'm sorry. sorry, I'm sorry, Claudio. <laughs> um, unfortunately, you did guess it was a miniature, so I'm afraid no, you
3: no, get no
2: yeah. points. You get I, no I, points. L- I lose five hundred points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have you haven't since the podcast, marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> so, Peter.
0: Yes. Can you keep your lead? 7,221 points you've got so far.
2: It seems unlikely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I is... Yeah. Oh, I've got to try and pronounce this. <laughs> uh, uh, My favourite
2: part of the podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to spell it, and you can pronounce it however you wish. H-E-O-R-O-T. Okay. H-E-O-R-O-T.
2: What? Hero. H-E-O-R-O-T. H-E-O-R-O-T. Yeah. Yo-rot. Hero, yeah, like um, the place Beowulf went and rescued. Yeah, is that is that the name of the Kickstarter?
0: H-E-O-R-O-T, yes.
2: Yeah. I, I would say Hero, um, but it might be Hero-Rot, I don't know. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, this game is very heavily influenced by Beowulf. Um, I don't know necessarily that it's going to be in the same line as... Uh, necessarily a Norse saga, it might be something. But the themes that this word evokes for me are very much: you have uh, a place where people have come; they're living there. A monster has arrived and is now preying on the people therein. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it, it. I'm sort of tempted to say it's something for the Tridvang Chronicles co- uh, because this seems like it's be right up that alley. But, you know, some sort of maybe a D20 system, uh, not necessarily... Yeah, so fifth edition, it's like it's sort of a setting book and it's really focusing on uh, you're in the north, you're playing Norse people and this is bringing in like sort of those dark myths and legends of trolls, goblins and the occasional Grendel.
0: Okay, I'll give you seven out of ten for that. Pretty close. So it is obviously inspired by Beowulf. uh, Mm -hmm. Not only inspired by it set in the world of Beowulf,
2: specifically. Uh,
0: It is for, it's not for fifth edition, it's for the expanded Ace rule set, which I'm not familiar with, but apparently it's quite, uh, one of the aspects of this RPG is storytelling contests, which is a mechanic where you can increase your stats by telling stories.
2: This feels like a game that I really should learn how to play. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it I'm quite good it, at it. <laughs> it does look
0: kind of cool, yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, if, if you want it, it's uh, £40 for the uh, PDF and the print-on-demand of the Core book.
2: Okay, yeah. I don't know the ACE rule set. Uh, me neither. Is this ACE as in Awfully Chiffed Engine? Uh, no, just ACE as an ACE. Oh, okay. ACE is in the card, right. Mm. Cool. Okay. Uh, yeah,
0: okay. so yeah, 7 out of 10. So that gives you now a score of 7,228. Just, uh, just
3: a, a quick side note. Mm-hmm. This uh, hero game is illustrated by legendary artist, John Howie, mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, fame.
0: Jonathan Green. Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm, just, I'm just checking
0: their Kickstarter he page. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through the page, let's have a look at that art then.
2: Oh, this what, is check with the Tax Britannia for the uh, Abaddon books. Ah,
0: yeah,
3: I recognize that style. Yeah, yeah. They're they're gonna include artwork he did for his for his uh, edition of Beowulf,
0: mm. but that
3: wasn't mm. uh, used in that. So they probably license licensed it for this uh, for this game.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So this is um...
3: which is a smart way to get a uh, high profile artist to you know spice up your game.
2: Uh now this, this are um I again quite like, although it's a very different style. This feels like very much like the going back to the origins of tabletop RPG, this sort of woodcut, would you say, Claudio? Uh like, um, I, I'm looking at the black and white photos. With yeah, the, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm I'm looking
3: I'm looking at uh, at the illustrators. The first one mm-hmm. is Russ Nicholson for uh Fighting Fantasy mm-hmm. and Warhammer. Yes. So that's mm-hmm. that's the Basic look they're going for, but john mm-hmm. Howie uh he was uh one of the one of the uh concept artists for Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings and Hobbit mm-hmm. and the, he also illustrated summeridian Beowulf uh alongside alan lee uh he worked mm-hmm. on on Lord of the Rings so Ooh. Uh, Ooh. he had a lot of leftover art from his edition of Beowulf that they probably uh, licenses for this game.
0: Mm. Right, last one, mm-hmm. Claudio, your turn. Mm. Seven thousand two hundred twenty-eight okay. points to beat. You can do it. Uh, can do I have faith. Head. I have faith in you.
2: Go, Claudio.
0: This Ooh. is this is this is the one. This yeah. is the one. Smash this is it. the yeah, one.
2: This is the one. I can't. I
0: can't see how you could possibly fail. Okay, let's give it a go.
3: Failing forward.
0: what is dungeon notes
3: it's uh i'm gonna say it's some sort of journal or a campaign plan planner thing it's something for for dms to write down their their campaign ideas and organize stuff
0: I think the way that you describe it should be what the title on the Kickstarter is, a, a journal or campaign planner thing. It's just like the best description, because that's exactly what it is. Oh, you wow. see,
3: you, 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 you threw me an easy one.
0: It, well, <laughs> to, to be fair though, the, compared to some of the others, it wasn't as easy as some of the others. Like the Terminator RPG, I could have given you, but I think you would have definitely gotten that. <laughs> well, I don't think that uh, one would thank have been. Very, you, thank
3: you. <laughs> so, I, I appreciate it. You want you want <laughs> the guest to win the Kickstarter game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this is so this is a set of journals for fifth edition, but it's also a set of guided sticky notes which is quite interesting. And they're all designed for note taking and world building and all this stuff. So the journals are like the hero's notes and design notes and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, And each of those is like 64 pages. And then we've got player's notes and we've got DM's notes, different kinds of journals. But also what we've got is, and session journals as well, but also we've got these sticky notes. So it says campaigns can go on for years and you need to look at back at a piece of information from months ago. It can be nearly impossible to find buried in a wall of notes. So they've made a system that lets you keep track of NPCs and towns and quests and factions and loot and stuff. And they're all on sticky notes and each one's kind of labeled. And you can just like whack this sort of sticky note of a NPC down wherever you want in the, uh, in the journal. And Ooh. it's kind of like formatted as, a, as an NPC. Or spell slots, or initiative, or a whole load of different things. Uh, it's hard oh, to, it's it's, hard it to looks, describe. It's so hard to describe. You have to actually look at it. I think it's, I'm finding it really hard to describe. It's
3: it's like a. a it, I'm I'm looking at the Kickstarter now. it yeah. looks like a, a booklet of a black cover with white art, mm. line art on it. Inside there are things like character sheets for if, if it's the players' uh, booklet where you can write down your spells and all that. And the DMs note has actually two booklets, one for sessions and one for the campaign. Mm. And a lot of stuff that for you to, uh, there are maps in it that you can label as you wish, like a city map for mm. a random city in your in your campaign. And, uh, oh, they have little, some pages are like uh, gridded, so you can draw battle map, mm.
1: um,
3: interesting, yeah. And the sticky notes, yeah. The sticky notes are like a uh, little square, uh, Post-it notes, basically. Yeah, they yeah.
0: basically posted. yeah, yeah. But they're personalized like, for
3: yeah. uh, faction inventory, quest, location, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So you can so move so it around the, your.
0: So they've got a list your, here There's pads of hit point tracker sticky notes, pads ooh. of initiative sticky notes. Pads of spell slot sticky notes, pads of NPC, location, yeah. faction, inventory, and quest sticky notes as well. You know so, what this reminds
3: of. me of? This reminds me of uh, Fairy Dragon's uh, Battle Box. Oh, which I really is, remember that, yeah. Yeah. Which is something that uh, we created for a uh, third edition uh, dnd and then we did a fourth edition version, mm. which is like uh, if the game system was the software. Of your uh, game session, the battle box would be the hardware, because mm-hmm. it would be stuff that you would use during the game session to uh, convey stuff from from the the gameplay. So it had transparency pages uh, printed with. Magic circles of the various sizes that are in the. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure I've got one of those as well.
3: Yeah, I think you do. Uh, The three version was named Battle Box because it came in a a small tin box.
1: Mm, Yeah, because Fairy Dragon
3: Dragon had bought like a boatload of those from China and was using that for everything. So we (laughs) did that for, for the Battle Box. The fourth edition one was in a conventional box. So it had uh dungeon dressing tiles, it had a booklet for you to write down, you know, uh initiative order and yeah, hit points yeah. of characters and monsters and all that, and you just you know recycle that later. And uh it had also counters for spell effects, like it had a big B hand, it had uh summoned uh summoned C stuff like that mm. that you could uh used during the, the game session. I'm trying to resist the temptation of picking it up and opening it. <laughs> Fiery that, Dragon this, stuff
0: is great.
3: That, that's, but, that's what this, this uh, yeah. DM campaign notes reminds yeah. me of.
0: Yeah, well, this one isn't Fiery Dragon. This is uh, this is 1985 games.
3: I like that it's, it's analog. It's, it's paper you write down with your so, yeah.
0: All that depends on up. now is people actually getting together and actually playing an analog game with other people, doesn't it? Hmm.
3: Well, the DM could mail them to the, uh, <laughs> the <zero> <laughs> <notes> <laughs> to other players. I suppose, right?
2: All right, the could do so... so it's fun writing the stuff down.
0: So, I think you, uh, you did so well there, Claudio, you get uh, 7,228 points, coincidentally. That is what a coincidence, which I think puts you directly as a draw. One point ahead. Oh, is it one point ahead? No, I think it's a draw.
3: It's a draw. I okay. think it's a draw. Oh, yeah, he got, he got points because he got right the, the previous one, Peter <laughs> got. So, uh, we, we have a tie.
0: All right, so oh, okay. I, there's a good way to break the tie, then. So I'm going to give we you a roll, last one. We roll. We roll a, a die. <laughs> I'll roll this d100. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Peter a d6. Roll, uh, D4. <laughs> <laughs> so this one, okay, for the tie, I'm going to give you the name of a uh, Kickstarter, which you will probably mm-hmm. know exactly what it is. But the challenge, like we did last week,
2: mm-hmm.
0: is to say what it isn't, and to the best answer wins. <laughs> so okay, the Kickstarter I can
2: only is can only apologize. Okay, go. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know you'll know what it is. It's yeah. the Terminator RPG. But well, what
2: isn't it? Who would like to go first?
3: Uh, I'll go first. The Terminator okay. RPG is uh, isn't isn't isn't, isn't yeah. a <laughs> kickstarter for a rocket-propelled grenade aimed at a terminating pests in your home, like termites and ants and
0: cockroach. It's overkill.
3: <laughs> it's, yes, that's that's what it isn't.
0: Okay, Peter, what isn't it?
2: The Terminator RPG is all about isn't. life on... Well, it, it, well, I'll tell you what it isn't about. It's, <laughs> it isn't all about uh, life on a planet that is trying desperately to keep in the twilight between the icy chill of night and the burning hot rays of direct sunlight, Ooh, uh, as they are constantly chasing the Terminator, uh, oh, which is the very, day-night divide. Very nice, nice,
3: nice, nice. That's actually uh, a campaign setting I had when I was playing two E. The <laughs> planet was the planet was tidally locked, so one side was always night and cold, yeah. the other side was always hot lava and stuff. And the Terminator had like mm, tropical forest yeah, yeah. Mm. All around, mm. all around the ring of the Terminator. Yeah, mm. I think I have to give it to Peter. Yes, I like that. Give it I Peter. like that. That's a oh, good answer. Oh,
2: I like it, oh, Peter. Oh,
3: because it's it's still a game. I was I <laughs> went so far uh, off the left. <laughs> <Yeah. last year. laughs> rocket propelled test know control.
2: What? Yeah. I, I mean, I gotta say, I I I'd like to rocket propelled test control as well. So <laughs> thank you very much, Collier. Most most all, I very much yes. appreciate it. And congratulations head,
0: Peter. Peter. ...on winning our favourite game in all the world. Hello! Welcome to the Unicorn's Horn, the finest magic shop in a hundred leagues or more. Oh,
2: oh, yes. Thank you. I I was actually in here yesterday.
0: (laughs) So you were, so you were. A promising young mage inquiring about magical item recipes.
2: Yes yeah that was that was me I Yeah
0: so how did it go you were interested in uh, it was the mysterious cloak of the clandestine comedian recipe if i remember rightly
2: Yes that that, that was me
0: Finished so quickly my my you are a promising young mage
2: w- Well well no
0: gave up oh, don't feel bad lad that's not the easiest recipe to tackle i've got a nice Sneezy Dust recipe, if you'd like to try that instead. A good starter recipe, if there ever was one.
2: Thank you, but... but I'm actually doing well with a... ...mysterious chlo coffee clandestine chameleon recipe... ...except for one thing.
0: Oh? What's that?
2: Yes, yes, I've... I've tracked down... ...all of the ingredients, uh, except one.
0: Uh, Ah, owlbear egg, by any chance? Now, don't let that confuse you. It's just a misprint on some of the recipes. They're actually
2: bear owls. No, that that's n- not on this list of ingredients. W- what I can't find is the Essence of Mimic.
0: Oh, well, that's easy enough. You just need a Mimic's essence, you see?
2: Right. Which, which is what, exactly? Oh, you young
0: majors, Always getting tripped up in the details. You see, the essence of a mimic, or any creature for that matter, is... Y- yes? Uh, well, it's the intrinsic nature or indispensable quality of something, especially something abstract, that it determines its character. In this case, a mimic.
2: Wow I see. Excellent. And, and how would one quantify that exactly? M- materially, I mean, in order to add it to a Magic item, recipe.
0: Why? Uh, well, you see, uh, uh, you see, uh, essence is a property or group of properties of something without which it would not exist or be what it is.
2: Fantastic! Very helpful.
0: Yes, there you go. Solved.
2: So, sorry if I appear a bit dense, but I'm still not clear on how one would quantify that precisely bringing it from the abstract or philosophical, as it were, to something you could, for example, use practically whilst following a recipe for making a magic item.
0: Well, well, that is to say, um,
2: wait, um, don't they teach you these sorts of things at wizard school? It it never came up. Or perhaps I was out that day. Mm. Um, It doesn't call for the quintessence of mimic, does it? No, I consider that as well. Finding the most perfect or typical example of a mimic would be hard, but not as hard as this whole essence of mimic thing. You know, you hear more established wizards and the like talking about essence of this and essence of that all the time. But when you cut right down to it, it's inscrutable. I'm starting to think they're having a laugh. Quite. You sell magical recipe components, right? Of course! (laughs) Have you ever sold Essence of Mimic? Uh, um, no. Uh, have you ever sold Essence of anything?
0: Well, I, uh, um, uh, uh, let me think. Uh, uh
2: no. I see. Well, Seeing how how this recipe you told me seems impossible to complete, as one of the components is either totally inscrutable or does not exist, might I return it or exchange it for another?
0: (laughs) Quite impossible, I'm afraid. See the sign here above my counter? No returns or exchanges.
2: But uh, beware, eh?
0: (laughs) Yes, it's the essence of how I do business. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking
2: people. Cool? Good lucky. That could only be our patrons.
0: Yep. Man, I have never seen such a well-informed, debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah,
2: right. You know, why is that? I don't know. You tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top secret, super exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Oh,
0: wow. That's amazing. Where can they find this?
2: Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth.
0: I did a a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth.
2: Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, You
0: probably don't want to know probably for the best anyway if you enjoy our podcast please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and you know just pledge a little
2: that's patreon.com slash morris and thank you so much for your support we couldn't do this without you
0: i reckon we could so you know it's time it's time to talk about claudio i think let's start at the beginning shall we not the very beginning. Well, so, not not like the Big Bang. Not like the beginning of the universe or anything. Okay, it would take so, us a really long time to get here. The but, dinosaur.
3: Yeah. The dinosaurs died. It dinosaur, got really yeah. cold for a
0: while. <laughs> <And> then <laughs> here we are.
1: Yeah, yeah. So let's
0: start. Uh, let's start like twenty years ago. Yes. Yeah. So when I first met you, well, before I met you, I, when I was first aware of you was when D and D third edition was pretty much just before it was just being announced or just after. Uh, before because you had an art website hosted yes. by Eric Noah's website so that's how I first yes. came to know you and then very shortly after third edition you started doing a lot of work for Fire and Dragon so that's right. if I'm, I'm not conflating those periods am I It was no 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 years that, ago. That's, that,
3: that's how it went
0: yeah So okay. you know,
3: I was back in 20 years ago I was working in advertising mm-hmm. I worked like a, a, an actual person going to the office like That's an actual day. person. Like an actual person. Because <laughs> we know you're not an actual person. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm three kobolds in a in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was working in advertising, and the news started to come out about the uh, third edition D and D, and I was like everyone else who was a fan of D and D back then. I was checking Eric's unofficial rumors for the what was coming in the third edition so mm. ac would go up instead of down and stuff like that uh, saving yeah. throws would be completely different and dwarves could be wizards and and
0: there was going to be a unified mechanic,
3: a D20, unified together, mechanic
0: which, area. which sounds so obvious now but back yeah. then that was actually quite a big deal wasn't it yes it was
3: uh, uh, the fact that you had to roll Low on some things and roll high on another.
1: Yeah, it, yeah.
3: It was yeah. so bizarre. It's it's bizarre in, in hindsight. But anyway, uh, T.S. Wizards of the Coast was posting concept art mm. for third edition on their website. By it was pencil drawings by uh, Todd Lockwood and Stanley yeah. Wood. Yeah, and I was I really loved those pieces, and I. Started to you know I'm gonna try and do my own concept art for d and I'm gonna start uh, posting because now anyone can have a website on the internet. Yeah. Said I in 2000, and uh, so I started a Geo City free site
0: mm-hmm. to post my to post my art. Geo Cities. I haven't heard that word in yeah. a long time. Uh, yeah. are they, um, so do they still even there. exist? Yeah. are they? Are they still a no, the thing? Or? They stopped I, existing no, I, a while
2: back. <laughs> a uh, real wild they back. merged with, they merged with uh, Yahoo oh right okay Yeah. So Yahoo still a me... thing? Uh, yeah just, Yahoo just, is okay.
0: still a <laughs> thing okay
3: so I started post uh, I was in my free time on uh, at work I would draw like a character or a monster mm. and then I would mm. scan it uh, color it on the computer and then post it on my gallery mm. and I did this every week and every time I did this, I would go to the wizard message board and to Ian World mm. message board and post, hey, I have a new drawing up. Mm. So after a few weeks of, or a few months of doing this, I was uh, contacted by Jason Kempton at Spider Dragon mm-hmm. because they had already put out uh, Namoran's Vault and uh, the silver summoning and yeah. they were going to do a new uh, adventure called nature's fury. And they wanted to include like they did in the other ones. They wanted to include little counters that they were inspired by villains and vigilantes mm. that also had those counters. So they wanted to have counters in the artwork on a regular basis. They contacted me if I wanted to, you know, try and do a few counters for them. So at first we did, I think it was 20 or 25 counters for Nature's Mm -hmm. Fury. And since that worked out well, they hired me to do the first counter collection, which was counter collection one, the usual suspect. And I did 50 counters for them, Mm -hmm. stuff like skeletons, hobgoblins, and a lot of PC counters too, which I divided in uh, heavy armor, light armor, and unarmored for male, female of all the main races, all the the races in the player's handbook. That went well, and things started going well on a regular basis. So maybe a year after that was 2002, when I was fired for not being able to be in two places at the same time. So, uh, I But decided, you're three, no, but, but
0: your, your three kobolds in a trench coat, so why can't you be in two places? At the, you can be in three places at the same it works, time.
2: It works as yes. a team, Russ. God. Ah. Ah.
0: Because I need the legs
3: of one, the arms of the other, and right. a head.
2: Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, you it do need a head,
0: up. to be fair. Yeah. I do need a head. I been we've been talking to you this entire time and you haven't had a head at all, it's just been really distracting.
3: Yes. So. Um, I said, screw this uh, office job. I'm going to do freelancing art for a living. And 20 years later, I'm talking to you on my phone.
0: So you, you started doing it. How, how long did it take before you were able to really properly make a living doing it? So I imagine like it wasn't instantly, you weren't like rolling in the money, were you? So it must have been, was it a struggle for a while? Did did the commissions it's, take a while to start coming in? Because I know you're busy nowadays, but how was it back then? I, uh,
3: for a while, it was usually the currency exchange rate worked mm. in my favor.
1: Yeah.
3: So if I lived in the U.S., I still wouldn't be able to make a living out of it. Mm. Right. Especially with healthcare. Oh, right. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But. Because I live in Brazil, the mm-hmm. exchange rate works in my favor, but it it has been rough. There's always ups and downs, and, you know, society as a whole, capitalist society as a whole, is not mm. kind to someone who's cur- her, whose income fluctuates.
1: Right, yeah. As
3: a freelancer, I might go two months without getting any money. Mm. And then on the third month, I get, you know, a bajillion
1: mm.
3: penny yeah. and I get taxed on that huge amount
1: mm.
3: even though I spent two months with no pay.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah.
3: That's one of the things that it makes it hard to be a freelancer uh mm. on this business. I almost quit in two thousand and ten, two thousand eleven mm. because mm. things were grim. I was not mm. making nearly enough money to support my family mm-hmm. and uh that's when james bell of fairy dragon actually let me know that the senior art director at the time for wizards john shindahati mm-hmm. he had a blog called concept tuesday where he issued out uh, challenges to artists and on the next week he would pick some up and critique them and all that. And I decided to, you know, start doing those concept art challenges. And with that, because uh, freelance artists, we live very isolated careers. You're always alone, working alone, painting alone. You don't have, if you're not in a studio, sharing a studio with other artists, you're like working in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, so it's not a collaborative process, really. Is it's it? not a yeah. collaborative yeah. process. Quite solitary, even, even less yeah.
3: so than a writer, because a writer can get feedback from an editor.
0: Yeah, and uh, and on a book. On a more a, and a book yeah, and on a book, often a lot of writers are working together to bring that book together, and they having mm. they have to consult each other and talk to each other to make sure everything lines up. Mm. Yeah. Whereas so for an artist, I, was,
3: I was start I started doing those, and the artists that took part in those challenges, we started building a a community around that. Mm. And that helped me a bit to, you know, try to convince myself that this is what I do best. So I have to make this work. Anything else that I I, I may try to do to earn a living, it's gonna be like my second, third, fourth Mm. talent. I'm not gonna be as good at those things as I am doing what I do. yeah. yeah. So this is something that I have to make it. At the same time, in at, um, at 2011, I submitted a few, because I also write, I submitted a few article ideas to Dragon Magazine. Mm-hmm. And one of them got picked up, which was uh, an article uh, based on, uh, focusing on uh, Serhanin Moonbow, the goddess of the moon. Right, yeah, in yeah. 4e. I they picked that up. I wrote the article, sent the article. They liked it so much that they asked me if I wanted to do another one of Ooh. those class act articles, either the sorcerer or the cleric. Because I had mm. already done a, a one, focus on the goddess of the moon, I opted mm. to do the sorcerer. Mm. And that I pitched the, the article, they picked it up, and I wrote it. And before the first article was published, and I had just written the second one, I mm. got called up to help write Heroes of Shadow, which was a fourth edition d sourcebook source book uh, focused on The Shadowfell. Yeah. So I started writing for them on a regular basis, which was nice. And that's when I went back to Gen Con for the first time in like five years. I've mm. been away from Gen Con. And at, at Gen Con, because I was writing for Wizards on a regular basis, I was invited to their seminars, their, their closed private seminars for their freelance writers. Mm. So, and then I got to meet uh, people that worked at Wizards, and then we started forming a, a closer relationship. And when the uh, time came, wrote an article that adapted the rune priest, which was a 4E divine class, to caricature their setting, the, the Forgotten Realms uh, setting uh, in- inspired by Asian uh, cultures, because they wanted a rune priest based on Kanji on, mm-hmm. on, oh. on the Chinese ideogram. Mm-hmm. And I jumped at the chance to do that because I am a, a huge fan of the old uh, DD setting. And I want it to be done properly. I didn't want it to be like, you know, insensitive stereotype thing. Yeah, I yeah, tried to yeah. bring as much of, of respect to the to the the endeavor as possible. And as I wrote the 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 art order for that, that article, because as a writer you also write the art mm-hmm. order that is sent to the artist, I mentioned that I would love to do it, do that. So so and at I this was, point
0: you you haven't actually done any art for Wizards. You're I haven't I, I hadn't yet done right. any art for Wizards. Right.
3: So I got an email from Kate Irwin, art director at mm-hmm. uh, at Wizards, who's now the senior art director there, and offered me the chance to do that that illustration. Yeah, yeah. And that was the first illustration I did for Wizards and that was 20 late in 2011, like mm. October November something. No. After that, I kept doing more artwork for them, and on a regular basis. But I kept writing. I wrote a couple of the adventures for Dungeon magazine, including one set in Barovia, mm-hmm. which got me writing credit in Curse of Stride, because nice. they, because they, it's based on material mm-hmm. from Tracy and Laura Hickman, from oh. Bruce Cordo, who wrote Expedition to Castle Ravenloft, yeah, mm-hmm. and stuff. and and stuff that I wrote. So I get, my name is alongside theirs. Excellent. (laughs) Which is so weird, so bizarre. In 2013, uh, I got uh, uh, an email from Kate that she needed a few last-minute pieces for fifth edition. So I got assigned to Insect Plague Cloud Kill for the player's handbook yeah. and for the Dungeon master guide, I did the diagram of the plane, the great wheel, and I did a piece of uh, Vista of the Feywild.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: The, the diagram of the planes ended up being in the player's handbook instead of the dungeon master guide. But uh, that's my first physical book with my art and yeah, 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 yeah. the art in it. And after I don't know. The next one I did for them was Princess of the Apocalypse.
1: Mm. I,
3: I was doing a lot of work for Sasquatch. I mm-hmm. worked on their, their primeval soul campaign yeah, setting. Yeah. So when they got tagged to do Prince of the Apocalypse, Rich Baker contacted me for artwork. Mm. And then I did artwork for Prince of the Apocalypse through Sasquatch. And I did the uh, artwork for Out of the Abyss. Through Green Ronin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after that, I so, was...
0: so, so so how does that work? Does Wizards pay you for that, or does the does the? No, it was attractive? Wizards.
3: Wizards paid me for it. Yeah. And I, I was doing so much stuff for for Wizards through these, because uh, Wizards was doing very little uh, actual books mm. uh, at the time. They were tapping uh, other studios to yeah, to yeah, yeah. Make those adventures first, Cobbled, then uh, Sasquatch, then. Green Roaming, yeah, and then when they brought it in house, uh, I was always being, not always because I didn't do it several. I didn't do uh, Curse of Strad, didn't do Ravnica, but I did do I did like three were pieces for them, three projects for them every year. Mm. So that mm-hmm. that's a, a nice pace that uh, kept me going through the years while worked with other publisher
0: so how does it differ like when you're working for a big company like wizards how does working uh, with them differ to working in like a tiny company like mine what's the? what i mean is, is it the, different from your point of view or yes
3: for starters there's there's the uh, the whole contract thing the NDA is really serious and all that yeah yeah and the art orders are very rigid rigidly mm. uh organized you have the mm. uh, they have a specific number for the art asset, and they give you the size, the if they want background or no background, mm. and uh, the description and the reference. It's all each piece has its own PDF of information for you to yeah. follow. And then after, and then you send the sketches. You got back feedback if it's okay to go forward. If they want to see a new sketch again, and then as you uh, progress on it they can give you okay okay to go to final and then Mm. it's your green light to finish the painting as it is yeah so Mm. you just it's just a matter of you know uh, detailing and polishing it but uh, the the painting has been approved for you to go to final and then you do the final painting send to them and then it's approved you can upload it they have their own ftp system yeah that you upload the system the image to and once everything is downloaded you get an email from the art director that also goes to their account system saying that it's okay to invoice so you send an actual invoice mm-hmm. to them by email and they pay you through bank transfer instead of paypal yeah those are the big things
0: yeah so, whereas yeah, when you're working and with and someone like me, when you work with someone like me, you just get this email going, oh, Claudio, can you give me a picture of a kobold? And you're like, oh, all well, right then. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's basically how it goes. Yeah.
2: Uh, what do
3: you need? Oh, I need a... a, a draw me like a ghost or something. <laughs> and then I paint a, a ghost. You want it red, blue, green? <laughs> ah. Colors.
2: Make it's it colored.
3: Bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, one of my favourite no. art pieces of yours ever is one that you did for me. Hmm. Like even, even 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 like including the stuff it's you've done dragon. for wizards and that. It's the dragon. It's gorgeous. It's dress, such a I good love, piece. I,
3: I I love that piece. Uh, it's one of my favourites. I've
0: got it uh, framed out in the hallway out there. It's just. Uh, because Sharon insect- bought it for my birthday I'm- or something once, didn't she?
3: I thought I thought you would say it was your your uh, wedding card. Okay, that's
0: good. We got that. We got up at the uh, top of the stairs there, still sitting there. It's been sitting there for ten uh, years now. Yeah, yeah. You've seen that, have you, Peter? It's the TARDIS and the lightsaber, and mm-hmm. Sharon's in a wedding dress, and I'm yeah. In a- yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh,
3: it you. was a pleasure to do that. The <laughs> dragon. It's it's one of the pieces that even today I. Can't think of something that would do different.
0: Mm, it's good. It's so there, good. Th-
3: there's some pieces that you go, yeah, you know what? I could have faded this better. This mm-hmm. is not really well defined. But I, that one, I, I'm to this day, I'm
0: really happy about. I'm glad because I am too. I love that piece. It's like there's not many pieces of art other than like the comic book art you can see around that I tend to put up. But that's one of the very few pieces I've got framed and up on a wall. Mm. So Thank that's you. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Wizards, mm. and you've worked for me. So, uh, and F- Fiery Dragon, we've mentioned. So, what other companies did you work for? Because there's a lot of them, aren't there? There's a few of them. Yes.
3: I worked with, uh, for a good while, I worked with uh, Fantasy Flight, yeah. doing cards for Lord of the Rings and uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I did one piece for Netrunner. And then I did a couple of pieces that were in the. Star Wars RPG, mm. book.
0: Which, which did you do? What were they
3: I did? Uh, I painted a Y-Wing coming Ooh. out of a B Nebulon Fragate. Uh, I did a Celestan mechanic mm. uh, tearing down an R-5 unit. Mm. I did um, a Togruta Jedi levitating a couple of rocks. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And for the for the card game, I painted a Duros pilot. I painted uh, some NPC, I can't remember. I painted a, <laughs> uh, an Imperial officer frisking a Rodian
1: mm-hmm. Ooh,
3: while that? a Stormtrooper watches. So that, that was a lot of Star Wars references. in, yeah, in yeah. I, worry, I, I'm I
0: pretty sure everyone who listens painted, to this knows all the Star Wars references. So
3: wouldn't worry. I I also painted uh, one of the last pieces I did for Fantasy Flight was a view of the Imperial academy mm. a classroom in the Imperial Academy yeah, yeah. with an officer uh, teaching te- tactics on a hollow uh, hologram
1: yeah yeah
3: it was a round hologram with shapes showing a star destroyer, like four x wing coming in, and then a few tie fighters coming out of the star destroyer mm. and it was a a, a class about Based combat tactic so it was mm. this, i had to design the whole look of the of the imperial classroom keeping that late 70s sci-fi aesthetic mm. that star wars had mm. star wars has something that you can you know you can't put something like uh, it's a modern looking view of sci-fi mm. With mm. neons mm. or blade runner stuff
1: you yes. have to Very go cyberpunk. to
3: mm. that sci-fi uh, 70s sci-fi, you know. Yeah, yeah. A, a Star Wars character needs 70s haircut. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there's
0: a yes. there's a re- there's did, a retro element to it. Yeah, that's yeah. a
3: retro element to the and it makes it has to look antiquated.
0: Mm. Yeah, even even the, yeah. the
3: humans mm. have to look. They're wearing jumpsuits and vests, mm-hmm. but they have to look like they're. It's stuff that ha- happened uh, a long time, a long, long time ago.
1: Mm.
0: Oh,
3: oh. So it it. Has to look completely divorced of
0: modern fashion. Yeah. yeah. So, so I wanted to ask you, Claudio, is there any sort of art that you prefer doing? Have you got any sort of favorite commissions where you think, you know, oh, this is this is a monster. I really like doing monsters. Or, or this is a character piece. Or this is a uh, object it's, or scenery. Or is there anything that you really like doing?
3: Um, when I'm I'm working for like someone a uh, company that has a license mm-hmm. for, uh, an IP that I'm um, fond of, like DND yeah. or something like that. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm biting at the bullet to you know get the yeah. the do the iconic piece.
0: Right. Yeah.
3: If I did work for Ravenloft, I want to do Strad. If I did yeah. work for for Dragonlance, I want to do Lord stuff or the companions of the land or
1: something mm-hmm. like that.
3: Mm-hmm. But you can see it in the pieces. I the personal pieces I do that I, I when I get a downtime freelance artists never have downtime if you're not doing work for a client you have to do work for your portfolio you're working for yourself you're creating your own
0: ip or something i guess it's also a case of keeping just keeping the talent going isn't it it's like you're going to keep practicing because yeah you have to keep but
3: it's not it's not like uh you, you keep trying to find new paid work but uh you have to get uh uh, stuff uh, some time off to do your own personal thing Mm. so you can explore what it is that appeals to you yeah you can find your own voice instead of finding you know instead of fitting in the core of the of the client with all the other artists Mm. you have to find your it's like your solo gig where Mm. you try to find your own voice
0: it's all sort of training isn't it? you're training yourself it's a self-taught
3: yeah it's but scale, also, it's isn't... also discovery because yeah. you you don't know what you want yeah
0: there
3: are times when i have like this paralysis oh my god personal peace what i'm gonna do next <laughs> and i have no idea what to do next. Hmm. sometimes i have you know ideas from years back hmm. that oh my god i finally have the time now i'm gonna do that that's what i when i did like that smoke the bugbear yeah poster only you can prevent dungeon fires. Kill the wizard first. <laughs>
1: that's,
3: that's an idea I've had for like five years.
1: Yeah,
3: And yeah. then I, I never got set down to do it until the day I did it.
1: Mm. And
3: everyone loved it. Yes. It was something that was resonating with me for a long time. And when I put it on paper, as it were,
1: yeah,
3: it resonated with everyone else. So if you look at the personal pieces I do, it's usually uh, a woman, mm-hmm. badass woman, or one of the pieces I did last year, a non-binary character. Mm-hmm. Always a badass in a, a in a situation that is filled with you know a sense of gravity, mm-hmm. like it's 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 dramatic. So I did a piece of a wizard, a woman wizard, with a, a familiar dragon flying around her as she's holding a staff, climbing mm. a broken staircase while everything burns around her.
1: Mm.
3: And uh, uh, like a library burned down and there are yeah, yeah. scrolls uh, mm. burning around her, falling from
2: bits of to flaming top. paper falling from the sky like ashes yeah. and so forth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh,
3: or the other piece I did last year, which was uh, I revisited a revisited character that I, I, I drew her like 10 years ago. 15 years ago, something like that. And uh, uh, she was standing with a, a, a spear amid mm. the coils of a slain dragon. You didn't see the dragon itself. You saw mm. parts of it and yeah, part yeah. of the wing, or something like that. And the character is in shadow, and the wall behind her is in light. So mm-hmm. this, these contrasts of this uh, playing with the light and all that to bring a sense of, of dramatic, dramaticity, is that a word? Drama. Yeah, sense of drama.
2: drama.
3: That's (laughs) so boring. The drama. (laughs) Drama,
0: dramaticity. We're going to stick with dramaticity. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
3: Gravitas to bring a sense of gravitas
0: to the beat. Yeah,
3: that's that's uh, something I like doing. I like doing stuff that I would love to see as the cover of a novel. Mm. I try. I tend to to design my. Pieces as uh, if they were novel covers, including the name of the piece would be the name of the novel if it was yeah. a novel. So uh, that's the kind of stuff I I end up yeah. doing the most when I'm not doing paid work.
0: So to my untrained eye, I I think your art style has changed quite dramatically over the last twenty years. Is yes. that a fair thing to say? Is that right? Am I, I imagine that, that.
3: That's that's precisely it. When I started doing artwork freelance art for it's very comic Wreck-y, Wreck-y, I think it earlier. was very it, I was inspired mm. I was inspired by comic my yeah. my references even though I had already played d d for over 10 years when I, over almost 15 years when I started working my main uh, references my art style was George Perez or Mike Ringo or mm. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez you know DC comic stuff
1: yeah yeah
3: and then I uh, back then a friend of mine lent me uh in nominee the book of where you play either an angel or a demon like vampire but angels in -hmm. in nominee and Mm -hmm. when i was uh flipping through the book i recognized a few photoshop pattern patterns in in the coloring of the art Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. when it clicked uh, uh in my mind i can scan these drawings i'm doing and color them in photoshop
0: what do you mean by a Photoshop? passion
3: like uh there w- there was there's a piece i remember still was like it looked like a biker
1: yeah
3: in a, in a, in a vest mm-hmm. diving free diving and but the biker had mm-hmm. wings right and he was oh. he, and he and the background was this gradient coming from purple all the way down to red and
1: mm-hmm.
2: there
3: was there were the flames mm-hmm. at the bottom it was a, a, a biker angel falling
2: yeah. a very literal wow. hell's angel yeah. yeah
3: so uh i recognize some of the the elements of the of the background of the fire oh this mm. is a photoshop effect.
0: wow oh. that is something. is something that's never occurred to me so you can literally look at a piece of art and you can recognize the software used to make it
3: mm. oh it's it's harder these days yeah. because everything has developed to a point where you can't say if something was painted in Photoshop or Corel Painter or Clip Studio, Manga or whatever. Yeah. But you back then, you could see, oh, this stuff, the, the dude used this, this and this filter to get this and this effect.
1: Right. Or right yeah.
3: I had a, a, a couple of books because back then, no internet for this kind of thing. Mm. Uh, you would buy books with tutorials on how to achieve a few effects. In Photoshop. So I had a book of Photoshop Effect Magic. Oh,
1: yeah. So
3: I recognized some of the pieces in anomaly as using some of the effects that oh. I learned from that book. Maybe the artist also used uh, the, uh, same that, book. That, yeah. the same book. <laughs> it was it, it was it was a foreign book. It was an American book. Hmm. So very expensive, uh, especially at the time. <laughs> so that clicked in my mind that I could use Photoshop to color my drawings. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing that. That's when I started learning stuff like multiply layer or uh, uh, color dodge to make something glow or something like that. I would fill characters instead of drawing a chain mail. I would fill that piece with a chain mail pattern that I created yeah. in Photoshop using my special effect magic book. <laughs> uh, that helped me until I got to the point where you know what, I, I'm, I need to try and lose the line. Because I was doing everything with a heavy outline that you mm. see in comic book artwork. But stuff like Elmore, Parkinson, those guys, you don't see the line mm. if they paint the actual thing. That's when I got my first Wacom tablet. It was a tiny one mm. uh, back then. And I started learning very slowly because I'm self-taught how to paint in Photoshop. Mm. And it took a while because it, it, it's really tricky to do that kind of art profession on a professional level mm. without someone teaching you. It, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, yeah. The, the next, uh, so there was the, the, the first jump in my artwork was when I started using Photoshop to color. The next was when I started using Wacom to draw straight into the computer. And then the next jump i had in my artwork was when a friend of mine lent me uh bill o'connor's book dracopedia
1: mm.
3: where he did almost it was a, a book with uh step-by-step tutorials of how to paint dragon mm. mm. and bill o'connor was the main uh artist for fourth edition DD. so when i started when i read that book i started applying those lessons to my artwork that's when my artwork st- became something that could eventually be published by wizard. Mm. that's at, at that time that's after, right after that, I started doing artwork for Wizard. yeah and yeah, then yeah. and then in, but my artwork uh, had, uh, evolved just a little bit during those years because it was the the practice of doing work for Watsy that helped me. progress. Yeah. But then after my mother passed away, she left me some money that I used to pay for a smart school, which is an online art school where the teachers are people like Todd Lockwood, Dan Santos, Donato Giancola, Mm. you know, big fantasy art name. So I took a a 12 week class with Todd Lockwood Mm. and that's the latest jump in my artwork. That's when my artwork stopped looking, stopped looking at something that was digital and started looking at something that, you know, this looks painted. Yeah, yeah. To the point where at uh, Gen Con a couple of years ago, or mm-hmm. four years ago, because last year there was no Gen Con. There was no last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had yeah, a print. The, my, yeah, last <laughs> year 20th, when it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2020 it didn't happen. Or it never ended. Uh, I had a print of one of my pieces on my t- on my booth at the art show and someone came by and said is this oil because he thought that was an original mm. painted on like watercolor paper or whatever yeah, uh, yeah. he couldn't tell if that was a print of a digital piece or if it was an original yeah, oil painting yeah. and that that was such a validation mm. to, to to see that confusion in someone that you know goes to the art shows and sees all that artwork from traditional artists mm. that paint in oil or acrylics or gouache or whatever, and he couldn't tell the difference between my digital art and those guys doing traditional ones. Yeah. So uh, that's that's the final uh, jump in my art style. So now mm. I can do stuff that is comic booky, but my art style now, what I think is my art, is the painterly style that I have on my mm. social media.
0: Follow <laughs> yeah. me on
3: Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Claudio, we're, we're way over time. We do have to we yes. have to we have to wind up now because there were there were other topics I did actually want to um, talk to you about. I wanted to talk to you about the sort of business side of it and um, how much uh, a small publisher or a large publisher could expect to pay artists mm. and all that whole side, which is like another conversation on its own, I think. Mm. So I wonder if we could get you to come yes. back and talk about that side of things. Yeah, yeah. whenever
3: you need me here uh outcome it's always a pleasure talking to you it was a pleasure meeting peter last week my latest uh book came out was candle keep mysteries i have two pieces in that book mm. one of them is a very different from everything else that i do because it's a mm. map uh the adventure is the, the adventure begins when you find a map so yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. i did the map
0: oh fantastic uh, have you got the book? Because we haven't got the book yet. I haven't yet. got the book yet. All oh, right, no, okay, because we we no, mentioned no, no. It earlier in the podcast during the news uh, that the book should, had been released, be but we haven't got it yet. So yes, we couldn't talk about it. No, we I, seen. Yeah, we have Yeah, I I, have, I should I
3: should get it like in, in a month right. or so.
0: Yeah,
3: and I did. the I painted one of the books because mm. uh, Keep Mysteries is seventeen adventures. Each adventure is focused on a book. Yeah. Yeah. One of the books, Kendall Keep Deconstruction, the adventure mm. was written by Amy Purple, mm-hmm. and I painted that book deconstruction lovely so that's that's my latest piece of artwork that came out and i should have something coming out in the next few months for the witcher rpg so there's that yeah
2: it's been absolutely fantastic thank you for having me it'd be great to have you back um, at some point in the future. Uh, we'd really look forward to do a deep dive into like the economics of our because it seems I'll like promise can...
3: to be home when a podcast bit of a little bit of a little bit of a far halfway through. <laughs> bye guys. Uh,
2: See you later. Bye
0: bye apparently I now have to read this to you. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here.
3: Let me show you my, my workspace. Mm. Look at how tidy my, yeah. my office Wow.
2: Yeah, I, I'd just like to say to the listeners at home, if you were, like, if you'd like to try and imagine what an RPG artist's office or workspace looks like, you are bang on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's like a closet that's exploded here. Yeah, it does look a bit like that, yeah.
2: A closet full of art supplies has exploded. Uh, I mean, um, I, I particularly like the dragons. Uh, they really
1: add to the place.